0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of The Conversation of Our Generation, where we are solving the problems of today with the wisdom of the past. And today I have another great interview for you with Amy Mastrini, a talented, amazing artist who is doing lots of cool stuff, really going back to the classical way of doing art, trying to learn how the great Renaissance masters did art. And I think that she is definitely doing a lot to really revive the art that we have in our culture today. I think that we talk a lot about how art has kind of lost its way, how, how can we reclaim beauty, why art is so inter- integral to culture, and why they're so intertwined as you kind of see art and culture move together, and much more. And so definitely check out this episode. I definitely recommend listening and checking out more of what Amy's up to because she has a lot of cool stuff going on. And before I also hop into the interview, I want to remind you to check out conversationforgeneration.com. You go to slash podcast there as well. You can find everywhere that the podcast is subscribe there. And if you are listening somewhere, definitely go check out the YouTube channel. I'm now recording these interviews with video and putting them up on YouTube. So you can subscribe there. Just search conversation of our generation, or if you're listening on the podcast before you go subscribe on YouTube, leave a rating and review. That really helps and follow on Twitter at con of Gen or go to facebook.com slash conversation of our generation to keep up with everything that's coming out here. I'm hoping to do more and more of these interviews. I have a couple more lined up that'll be coming out soon. So definitely stay tuned. We got lots of great guests happening, more conversations happening, which makes me feel good as well. And so with that, let's hop over to the conversation with Amy. Well, thanks for joining me today, Amy. I'm really excited to have you here on The Conversation For Our Generation. Uh, I think this will be a really good conversation and lots of great stuff I I hope we'll dive into here. But thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
0: For sure. Well, so for those of my listeners who are not familiar with you, are you able to give me a little bit of background on who you are? Uh, You know, just a little bit of an overview for everyone who doesn't know who you are.
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, My name is Amy Mastrini. I'm an oil painter. Um, I've been painting professionally for about eight years now, but I've been painting my entire life. Um, I'm also a marketing professional, and um, I'm just starting to get into writing. Um, I'm kind of building up somewhat of a Twitter following, so um, I've been asked to write for a publication called Evie. So yeah, I guess in general, I'd say I'm an artist and a writer. Awesome.
0: That's great. And so you said you've been painting since, you know, you were young. Was there something that made you want to become an artist? Was it just, you know... Kind of a specific moment, or was it just what you enjoyed doing and just always did?
1: That's a good question. Um, I I think the short answer is it. W- I honestly think it was it was God. Um, I remember the moment. I remember um, being in school and drawing and coloring, and I remember just thinking like, I can't believe people don't just want to do this all the time. Like it, it's so much fun. Um, but you know, other people around me didn't feel the same way. But um, then the teacher asked me like, what do you wanna be when you grow up, Amy? And I I was like an artist, like without missing a beat. So it's just something I always knew um, that I really enjoyed doing and um, uh, maybe was was gifted at. So yeah, I've just always kind of known that about myself.
0: That's awesome. I think that's great because when people ask me what I wanted to be when I was a kid, I was like, I don't know, what's my dad do? I'll do that. I I hadn't really thought about it. I was like, I just wanna, enjoy it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> what do adults yeah. do? <laughs> uh, that's <laughs>
1: not, a lot of people are, are I, I feel very lucky because a lot of people tell me that that they, they even now, like they're older and they're not really sure what they're supposed to do or um, they're interested in a lot of different things. But for me, it was always just like a very clear, like, this is, this is my passion. <laughs> so, but yeah. yeah, not that I don't, yeah, it's just, it, I'm just very lucky to, to know that uh, about myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, you know with art you know what you do uh, do you have kind of um you said you're an oil painter do you have other mediums what draws you i guess i guess i should ask what draws you to kind of the more traditional ways of doing art when you can do computer graphics you can do all of this digital design stuff what makes you want to do that instead
1: that's a yeah another good question um hmm i guess i just have um I honestly think it goes off of uh, feeling a lot. I just like the feeling of using traditional materials more than the feeling of uh, working behind a screen. It feels a lot more direct and um, personal and um, it's not like there's like a layer between me and the, the art like there is with digital. Um, it's something I've been trying to develop my thoughts around because yeah, it feels a lot more raw and human when I'm painting with like a paintbrush And making brush strokes like directly onto a canvas versus when I've like downloaded a brush and I'm using like a pen on a screen like it's just there's something different about it and I think it's because you lose a lot of your signature um, and like the recording of who you are when you're uh, drawing digitally like the line will sometimes be artificially perfect whereas in real life if I make a stroke there's all these subtleties in there that make it mine and make it a lot more human and personal. Um, so, and I think that like you know every stroke that an artist makes is like a, a recording of their like existence and their. Um, it's like it's like your signature. It's like says a lot about you know the weight of your hand, um, you know how much paint you use, all these like subtle decisions that you made, um, make it yours. So with with digital I think you just lose some of that um, you, you just lose some of that character and personal um, yeah personal character is, is lost a little with digital um, even though it's, the technology it, it's getting better like you can you can apply like more pressure or less and it'll record that but it just yeah I don't I also don't like that you can um, delete what you've done like you can undo your your last stroke so it just you know, psychologically, it's so noncommittal. And like, um, that leaves just so much room to, to to question yourself. And was that right? And like, try something else. And um, it's almost too much freedom. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that that's definitely true. I I play guitar, and I like music a lot. And I think that something that you lose in music is that same thing where you kind of play the note imperfectly, but it gives it, you know, like, you can't really have the blues manufactured on a computer the same way. It doesn't have that it loses the soulfulness I think that you get. And I think that, that that's awesome. And I think that it also connects really well to, you know, the history of man and like the, it comes back to like Chesterton's idea of the one thing we know about cavemen was that they were artists. That's all we have left of their culture at the time. And so you kind of are connecting back to really the earliest depths of humanity. And it's in the expression of people, you know, for tens of thousands of years. So that's definitely wow. cool. I'm I like, didn't know
1: he said that. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah he,
0: absolutely. He, I forget. I don't actually know what work it's from. I think it might be, shoot, I'll have to find it and put it in the show notes. And I'll let you know after this because it is not coming to mind. Or maybe I can look it up here in a minute. But it is definitely something to check out. But yeah, so yeah. Um, do you have like favorite um, artists or periods of art that you look to for inspiration?
1: Oh yeah, so I love, and I might say his name wrong, because I'm such a nerd and I like read about people, but I'm not around people who talk about art that often. Um, William Adolph Bougereau, I think that's how you say his name. He was um, a really talented oil painter, and he got a lot of support from uh, like institutions, which that's something we don't do anymore really, is like give institutional support artists or maybe we do and it's just a lot of modern art, but yeah. anyway.
0: Um <laughs> yeah, but you know, he was, take to a wall now.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Or like just a squiggle of metal, who even knows. But um yeah, he I what I like about him is he was he was Catholic. Um so he did a lot of like biblical scenes and like things of Jesus and Mary. Um and angels, he did beautiful angel pieces, um, but he also did a lot of like Greek mythology and like, and I guess Roman mythology as well. Um, so he would, you know, do like, he he did a lot of like the Greek uh, gods and, and goddesses. And um, so I kind of like that, like blending of like the old, old, old ancient world uh, myths and stories with um, Christianity. I find that really interesting because my lineage is Mediterranean. So I think maybe that's why it appeals to me. But yeah, he's, he's, top in my book I just I wish I could even like touch him like or get even close to the level of of talent that he was given so yeah I really admire him Mm
0: -hmm. and I think there's something too that speaks to people of that kind of blending of uh, kind of the Mediterranean cultures and Christianity because for me the reason I love like Thomas Aquinas as a thinker so much is he kind of married you know Aristotle's thought with the thought of the Christian church and it, it was kind of a way to bring those two pillars together that are foundational and so when you can kind of make those blend i think that it speaks to us a lot and that's yeah. that's awesome yeah um,
1: that's a good way to put it that it, it's two two pillars yeah very important ideas in both in both sets right yeah
0: and so as we're kind of you know looking at the culture um, you know why is art important to culture it seems to me that you can see the art getting worse at the same rate that our culture gets worse. It almost looks like it, 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 I just know that I would go to the Chicago Museum of Art and you go to like, or you go to New York or DC, some of these big cities that have the art museums, you go to the one that has, you know, Renaissance painters in there. And then you go to the other museum that has, you know, a tire and a pile of trash or like some weird strobe light video that happens. And you're like, there's something obviously different about our cultures and that kind of translate into the art. So yeah, Yeah. kind of speak on that, give your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think, man, I don't want to sound like super, um, like negative about it, but I think it's just like a decline in standards. I think, I think we just moved from like objective standards of beauty to subjective standards where it's like, well, it could, who's to say what's beautiful, Um, kind of this like, I don't know if it's like anti-authoritarian, it's just like, it's just, you know, that no one can say what's better or worse than anything else. This is very like non-judgmental culture that we have where like anything goes very kind of like libertine and um, almost like to live and let live, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, Yeah, to the point where, you know, if everything is subjective, then everything's meaningless because, yeah with objective standards it was like I think that it gave artists um, you know something to strive for and it you know they had uh, guidance and some rules around like how they would create things and they were taught how to draw and create things like within rules and now it just you know I think that things just decline when there aren't there aren't any rules or boundaries about around what you can do. Um, I think it's weird it's like paradoxical that um, boundaries actually create freedom. Like you actually have more room to uh, make good art and be free if you have some boundaries. So if there are no boundaries, it's just complete chaos and uh, uh, degeneration. So yeah, I think it's hard for me to say exactly what caused the the decline, but um, definitely change in thinking and change in standards for, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you touched on there with the kind of radical individualism that we have that Idea that whatever I think is right is right by my by my standards, and that's what matters. And it seems to me that that is something that we would, you know, if you were to say, you know, murder is right by my standards, or, or just you know, if I give my one year old child methamphetamines for breakfast, that's everyone would be like, no, you just that's not like a radically individualist thing, but. So that we have the idea that there are standards, it's just, I feel like we don't want to hold ourselves to the standards that seem hard. It's very easy to sort of just throw paint at a wall. You know, I saw a thing one time where Tiger Woods was, you know, hitting paintballs into a canvas and like, just for fun kind of thing. And he was selling it as like a Tiger Woods, but you could see that same painting in some art museums now that, because it's expressive or something. And <laughs> and I yeah. see, you're rolling your eyes. And so I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could hide it, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's, I think that that idea of just expressing feeling without any form, you know, it's, if you did that in a book form, it would just be like blah, 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 blah. It would just be gibberish. And that's right. what I feel like art has, in a lot of ways, become mm. either utilitarian, sort of like IKEA version of furniture or like kind of weird. Gibberish nonsense, and so. But I guess for you, what are you doing then to kind of push back? I, I think that what you've done, and just looking if you go to your Twitter account, you can see some of your art there. Um, it seems to me like you're kind of calling back to that more classical way of doing it.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to, and it, it's been a recent, um, like, conscious effort. I always knew I didn't like the abstract stuff and um, the like disintegrated, like. Just, I never liked that deep down, um, but I, I really want to learn like the old ways of painting, like the way that um, old masters painted, old masters style of painting. That information is kind of hard to find if you don't, um, it, it costs a lot to, to like do a workshop with an artist who um, knows how to paint like the old masters from the like, Italian Renaissance. But um, you know, I'm trying to just with with what I have, um, teach myself and and you know talk to other artists and try to learn um, discipline. I think that that's a lot of something that's really missing is is being disciplined. Like art isn't really supposed to be just like expressive and easy. It um, I think actual art is um, you have there's skill involved and technique and studying and learning and um, I guess I am a bit of a like an old school academic about it. Um, I I think that like there should be some standards that you meet and you have to study light and shadow and um, depth and you know try try your best I guess. Um, So yeah I I really want to revive the old ways and maybe use art to remind people of maybe what we lost or forgot that we shouldn't have Um, because I think humans do this over time we kind of maybe an insight or like some some brilliant idea and then over time it just like it doesn't get carried down people forget so Mm -hmm.
0: mm -hmm. yeah I agree I think that there's a tendency to want to rebel against that I think I don't know if you listen to Jordan Peterson he talks about that idea that the father culture kind of there's a sense that you want to push back and push the bounds and I think that artists who are doing that correctly kind of do push the bounds in a good way. The Renaissance painters to push the bounds of what was before kind of the structure, but they kind of still had those limits and they didn't push it to a sense that it was just crumbled into nothing. They pushed and kind of expanded rather than just tore down. And I think that that's where art really helps in culture is kind of reaching into the abyss that we can't fully articulate and pulling back insights. and helping us to incorporate new experiences and,
1: mm-hmm, exactly.
0: and and so as far as what uh what sorts of I guess what sorts of things do you enjoy painting because I, I noticed a few different things that, and you had the very classical like Madonna with child and then I saw uh sort of some other paintings that were uh like Greeks it sort of looked like Greek but kind of in a modern look not in a bad way but Mm-hmm. not the way they would have painted it, sort of taking that style and bringing it to 2020. So I think that it was kind of cool to see that classical uh, modern mashup.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's kind of what, I, I struggle with that. I kind of want to, I want to kind of maybe merge the contemporary with um, the traditional. I think that might be a good route to go because then you bridge both, kind of both worlds, like maybe people who are fond of what's traditional, but maybe you also kind of want to reach people who maybe... Don't see as much of a problem with modern culture. Um, so I kind of like the idea of being a, a, a bridging the divide there. Um, and yeah, I, I go back and forth though. Like I definitely don't want to be like a modern artist that's just um, doing like kind of what everybody is thinking they need to do. But um, yeah, I definitely want to like revive the traditional. I like to paint people and um, I, I always liked that, and I, I didn't know how to articulate why until recently, but um, people are extremely complicated, so it's challenging, which is fun for me. Like, I like the challenge of painting people, and, you know, people are beautiful. Like, we're made in in God's image, so it seems like a very divine subject that you can paint. Not that, like, trees and things aren't, but um, it, I, uh, so I kind of, I want to tell this story. Um, I, I uh, Lived in San Francisco for a while and um, I used to visit this statue of Junipero Serra, uh, mm-hmm. who was a, um, a saint, you know, posthumously, and um, they tore the statue down during the riots that happened recently and I was really upset so I called the San Francisco Arts Commission and asked them um, what happened to the statue and if they were going to like sell it or put it back up or what would happen and um, the woman on the phone was very, like, she seemed very upset that this was happening because she is responsible for the safety of these statues. And um, she she said that um, soon the, the, sta- the new statues that will be going up in the city will be non-representational. So they won't be um, humans in the statues. They'll be like, you know, just modern shapes because those aren't as controversial. Because... If you put up a, I guess, in the modern world, if you have an image of a person, well, people are sinners, like people are um, not perfect. So in this weird modern culture we have, like, you know, I feel like it's controversial to uh, put up images of people, um, unless they're like just absolutely perfect or completely woke or, or whatever, like fit the, the mainstream narrative. Um, so I find that really, really disheartening. Um, and so that's, that kind of emboldened, my, like why I want to keep painting people, um, as well. Mm
0: -hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's funny that kind of the classical way of looking at things has become the counterculture in a lot of ways. It's, it's very cultural to put an ice cream cone up in Trafalgar Square and, you know, just kind of do silly things like that, but to, you know, stand, you know, I I just, they want to tear down statues of Jesus and you can't get more perfect than that, right? Or, yeah, Mary, and, and so it's like, those are two perfect people who never is it then and they still want to tear down. So what are they going to yeah. do for someone else who has a complicated life? And yeah, that's, that's definitely tough. But one thing I really liked was kind of talking about that idea of sort of bringing the ancient to the contemporary and finding a way to meld that, because that's so much of what I try to do is take that wisdom of the past and apply it to today. So it's not going to, you know, the art like Aquinas's five proofs are not going to look the same as they did you know like I guess almost a thousand years ago I mean he was in the 1200s right yeah yeah so (laughs) it's we're almost as he's closer to Saint Augustine and to like really the church fathers than he is to us and so Mm -hmm. there's so much I think that has changed that you have to still apply those eternal principles in a different way and so I think it's good because art does have this eternal it shares in this objective beauty that is eternal, and so when you can take that tradition and bring it to today, not only do you educate people in the past but you kind of carry that on in a in your own expression of it and so I really like yeah that idea a lot
1: yeah that's a that you described it really, really well um, yeah for some it's this is a new thing for me I, I feel like it's important to you know bring the old into the new, because I don't, you can't go back fully. Like I romanticize the past and I like this meme on Twitter that's like return, like return to tradition. Like I think that's, that's a really good uh, new meme, but um, you can't, we can't actually go back in full. Like we do have to contend with the modern world and like actually, and move forward. But um, I, I, I wanna try to bring what's good of the past uh, forward with us. So yeah, I think that art is a good way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, we mentioned right before this, that you enjoy Roger Scruton. I think that one reason why I was drawn to him so much is that he did have that sense where he was addressing today's problems, but he drew on this, I mean, I don't know, probably anybody who's more, seems more well-read in you know, the last 20 years, who was, uh, out of all the college professors who were out there writing and lecturing, he seems to me just like, he's probably read everything that was ever written. And so to be able to draw on that wealth of knowledge and in all sorts of different ways. I mean, he talked, the soul of the world, I think is one that's just the most beautiful way to understand how beauty works. Um, But then he has political and, you know, very detailed understanding of Marxism and how it evolved over the last 150 years. And so it's this wide range of drawing on just a huge breadth of knowledge and bringing it into into today. But yeah, I just, thought that mm-hmm. that seemed to connect especially having mentioned yeah. you know enjoying his work
1: yeah he's great he um i love his documentary called uh beauty what it is and why it matters is that the title of it or am it's i thinking funny. of a book i read about beauty
0: it might be i think he did have a book that was like that i'm pretty sure yeah so he might have done a documentary on his, is that on netflix or, or um
1: it? oh it 's definitely not on netflix it 's too <laughs> pure for netflix um <laughs> no there 's some good stuff on Netflix, but I mostly don't like it but um yeah it's um it was a BBC documentary um and it 's very much worth worth watching it, to yeah. see him like out in the world looking at buildings and explaining like why this one isn 't beautiful versus like this place and he talked a lot about um how we don 't build places of of dwelling anymore like uh places are kind of should be built to be somewhat homey in a place that you want to stay in and now we just have this very modern world where everyone's very transient and um spaces are almost encouraging you to to move around and keep going because there's nothing there that we're not building places you'd like want to remain in and like call home um i really liked his, his thoughts on architecture I, i'm a painter but I actually i think architecture is actually the highest art because it's it's what you live in like it's just I think it's, I think I respect architects more than painters. Not that I don't love painters, but um,
0: yeah. Well, it's something that you can interact with so much, like Mm -hmm. from a painting, you have to kind of see it and enjoy it, but like, like you said, with architecture, it's where you live, it's where you go to church, it's where you go to study, whatever that is, and so you kind of have this real, almost personal interaction with the buildings, and I, Mm -hmm. I, I do like that. I think that I definitely follow a lot of accounts. that just post pictures of buildings on Twitter. That's (laughs) that's kind of my guilty pleasure. It's kind of it's it's a lot but
1: (laughs) yeah I think Kanye West actually said that it it can be like porn like if you're looking at too much of it or which I thought was funny. I was like oh am I guilty of that because I do that. I flood my feed with just like beautiful architecture and things like that but yeah, it's, um, it's inspiring. It's, um, I, we, that's another thing we need to revive. I feel like people used to take building a lot more seriously. Um, and you know, in, in Europe, they would build these churches that took like 400 years to complete, so people were working on them, and they knew they would never see the end results of it, or even any of their immediate family would see the end result of it, but they were doing it for a higher purpose, for something
0: eternal. Mm-hmm. um and I just I have think three generations that. who work on the church as well like grandfather to like grandchild even great-grandchild could work on yeah. that same church because you know there wasn't as much mobility it's not it like you were a builder and then your kid went to college and then became a marketer <laughs> and yeah <laughs> it wasn't you know you kind of did the same thing and so they have that I, I love that is one thing that's amazing is when I was young I did get to go to like England and Ireland and see old buildings, and just, I was in seventh grade, my grandparents took us, me and my cousins, um, and it's just so cool, because, like, a young building there can be older than the United States of America, <laughs> like, wow, like, uh, I mean, if you look at Notre Dame, and some of the churches that are there, they're over a thousand years old, some of them, I don't know how, I don't remember exactly how old up Notre Dame is, but there was definitely, like, the Tower of London, you know, Henry the, oh, shoot, sixth or seventh was in prison there, maybe the eighth, and, wow. like, all the way back to, you know, and, and it was old then, you know, it wasn't, it had was been around by then. And so it's just cool to see. And to just, I think that that's the cool thing that you can really almost touch and feel history and be a part of it and stand where kings stood a thousand years ago. That's, it definitely is cool.
1: Yeah. Are you English and Irish? Did you feel like that connected you to your lineage?
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm Irish. Yeah. My grandpa, his parents uh, both came from Ireland, like we're immigrants and so and then my mom's other grandparents both came from Ireland so that whole side of the family is like 100% Irish and then wow, my dad <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> he's
1: he's
0: butt. just a yeah big mutt but
1: <laughs> yeah i i think that's uh, i would love to go back to my ancestral homeland i haven't been to italy um very interested in that but i don't know with all this covid stuff if i'll get the chance to
0: but yeah it'll open back up eventually. it's I I'm not I feel like I mean Europe's already starting to open back up. We're just keeping it locked down here in the United States because it's politically advantageous for people who want to cause disruption. So I'm not too worried about it. I think you'll have the chance too soon. But anyways, I, I do think that things will open back up. We had a little glitch there and we're back. <laughs> for editing purposes when people wonder why it jumped. But um I think that, yeah, we'll have the chance to go back over there, but, so you'll get the chance, I'm sure. Um, And so, I guess, to kind of start to wrap up a little bit, I'm curious from, you know, the modern sense of how you get your art out there. I think that that's something for people who are looking to engage in creating art, distributing art that harkens back to something more that yearns for something more in beauty and truth. How... How do you get it out there? How do you see other people getting art out there and where can other people go to find that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, um, so I I just post my art to social media and make sure I have a website which, which is like a hub of my, you know, my gallery um, and you just, it's hard for artists I think to self-promote. I have a lot of trouble with it honestly. Um, I'm really nervous to, to share things sometimes and Um, I have a a wonderful twin sister who encourages me and she'll kind of promote me on on my behalf. Um, But, you know, the internet is really, has been very, very generous to artists, I think. Um, People just, I put it on social media, people will find me and, you know, want to buy something. So um, you have to be somewhat organized, Um, you know, you have to make it somewhat easier for people to you know browse your gallery and then also having a shop is a very good idea whether that's like an Etsy or Squarespace um, somewhere where people can go and like browse things if you want to sell them Um, but I I do see this like need for a different um, social media site for artists emerging because Instagram is kind of compromised I think it's just very there's there's a lot of bad uh, stuff on there just like you know, kind of like trashy content and things like that. And it used to just be all independent artists um, until Facebook bought it. So that's something as an artist I've been very upset about um, because we kind of lost a good opportunity there um, Mm -hmm. after it got bought. So I'm seeing like definitely a space for something new to emerge where uh, people can go look at art and artists can network with each other. Um, It doesn't exist yet. But yeah, I guess like my advice is just to be kind of unashamed about it and um, uninhibited and and share your work as much as possible. And I could be better at this, honestly. And let people know that you're you're selling things and and uh, trying to 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 make things. And um, it'll it'll surprise you. It always surprises me that people like what I do and want to buy things. And um, so yeah, you just have to be kind of brave, I guess.
0: Yep. No, I think that that's definitely tough to find that line between you know bragging and coming off as you know a little. Uh, I guess, cocky and yeah a bit of swagger that you need to, you know, in the sales and marketing game, it kind of, you need a little bit of that. I definitely have trouble, like, it's, I don't have trouble talking about, you know, on Twitter for people to check out my podcast or something, but if, like, someone I know says something about things, like, it takes, like, a friend to be like, yeah, and, you know, Nick has a podcast that talks about that, because I would not yeah. be like, oh, yeah, you should listen to my podcast in person, because I don't know why. It just...
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it feels it's hard. And I'm the same way, like in person. I'm not, sometimes I'm like, I'm a painter, but, um, I don't want to sound arrogant and, and people mistake because people will mistake you like wanting to just like tell them what you're doing for arrogance. Um, someone came to my Twitter and replied to my like pinned tweet, which has some of my paintings and was like, you're very full of yourself, aren't you? And I was just like, actually, no, it was really hard to put this out there. But, um, uh, If you think I should be cool, like (laughs) I don't know, so yeah, people can be kind of jerks about it. Um, But yeah, but I would just say ignore the haters, and if you have a hater, it probably means you're doing something right. So, (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yep, and half the haters on Twitter are just bots, so (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: (laughs) but um, but yeah, it seems like Pinterest is a pretty good place too for getting stuff like that out there, especially because like Instagram. You can't like link back to a particular you have to kind of just have your one link as far as i I haven't been on instagram for like three years so maybe they've changed that but you can only have like a link in your bio um like it seems like having each of your paintings i kind of be able to take it back to somewhere on your shop or something like that pinterest could be good
1: yeah pinterest is great for aesthetics and i get a lot of like reference photos on on uh pinterest and look at other people's art on there i should be better at posting my own stuff there um, but they a, a company actually i think s- sprung up because of that problem you just described on instagram it's called linktree and it's like yeah are you familiar with that it's like one link w- within that you follow that link and then you can have multiple links in there um, but yeah instagram has a lot of a lot of silly Things like that you can't put a link in a caption. I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to do that.
0: Um, <laughs> it keeps you on their platform longer. It makes you have to pay to be able to link away.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, ugh, Instagram, I think it's dying a little bit. It's hard to tell, but it just seems like it's not as active as it used to be. Um, and you know, you said you haven't been on there in three years, so maybe that's yeah. <laughs>
0: what I'm thinking. I'm here. why it's dying. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's- Awesome. Well, for you know, talking about this, where can people find more of your art? Where can people find out more about you if they're interested?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, if if you want to see my art, Instagram is a good place to follow me. Um. And my username is just amy underscore Mastrini. and I have a website which is amy mastrinicom dot com, um, and then on Twitter I post my art sometimes, but I also want to respect that medium. It's not. A, I guess it's becoming more visual but I always feel like that's more for like ideas and stuff mm-hmm. so I post my art there like somewhat more rarely but um you can follow me there too and it's um Amy Mastrini is my handle awesome
0: yep and that's great and you know on Twitter you can always just like put a quote with it then it's then it's like <laughs> that's what <laughs> it's words. yeah just yeah beauty, then the picture yeah uh, right so I'll definitely link up to all those things in the show notes as well and I mean do you have any last thoughts or anything else that you know you want to share with the audience before we kind of sign off here anything that um
1: I could show you my newest painting which is right let's, here let's see it <laughs> it's um a girl in the woods so That's and awesome. it's this yeah it's a lot of trees to paint but I'm having fun with it and it's seasonal so I think it's appropriate for fall um but yeah, that's about it. That's all I have. <laughs> thanks very much. This that's was very great.
0: fun. Yeah, this is awesome. And I really appreciate you coming on today and I'll be sure to link up for anyone who's listening. Definitely go and check out uh, more Amy's work and follow her on Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. Awesome, well, Thank thanks you. for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm. Good talking to you.
0: You too. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Amy. I think it was really insightful, really, really eye-opening to see how art is changing and to get a lot of insight as someone who is not a artist by any means i think my mom kept one thing out of uh, kindness for me uh, from my art as a kid and so definitely something that i'm not familiar with but i think it was great to hear that there is a resurgence that there is some people trying to bring back a revival and so that feels very promising and if you're interested in what she's doing definitely check out the show notes Lots more there and go to conversationforgeneration.com to get more interviews like this, like my interview that I recently did with Matt Noons of the author of Last Call, Learning How to Become a Published Author and others that will be coming down the line. There'll be a lot more there for you. So definitely check that out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Conversation of Our Generation. Let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next time.